Good morning. Glad I got a chance to uh, go back through the book of Revelation with you again. I know I have been away from this study for the last several weeks. I've uh, been traveling, uh, gone to the mountain to see the leaves change. We had a wonderful opportunity to do that and, and then went and saw the grandkids. And so I had a uh, been been very busy over the last several weeks, but I'm back to my study, and we're looking in Revelation chapter 4, and I know that if you've been looking at everything that's happening around the world today, all of the conflict that's happening with the nation of Israel, and uh, the different things that are happening, the wars there, the war in Ukraine, uh, the, the world is filled with conflicts, and we can see how as we study prophecy and we study the end times, that a lot of things, these things are pictures of what is to come are on the very verge of the end times happening right now. And I mean, talking about the tribulation period. But as I mentioned in the beginning of this series, we look at this from a premillennial uh, pre-trib return of Christ, that the rapture happens before the tribulation period and the visible return of Christ happens at the end of the tribulation period. And that's the way we teach it. And I believe that is the correct interpretation of the scripture. Now, when we look to Revelation, our key verse is found in Revelation chapter one and verse 19. And he says, write the things which thou hast seen the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. And so the Lord is telling John, I want you to write what you've seen, what's going on right now, and what's going to happen in the future. Now, you look at ver uh, chapter 4. We get to chapter 4. We, we've looked at chapter 2, chapter 3, which is the church age. And that's the age of grace. That's the age that we're living in right now. We're in the church age. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 begins the future. What is coming? What is going to happen after the church age? Now look at verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now, notice that things which must be hereafter. Go back to Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. The things which shall be hereafter. So Revelation chapter 4 is a division in the book. This is what happens at the, after the church age ends. Now, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 is a picture of the rapture of the church. A picture of the rapture of the church. And notice the, the similitude between Revelation 4.1 and previous rapture chapters uh, that we've seen when the church is going to be raptured, it's going to be called up. Notice he says, a door was open, a voice that sounded as it were a trumpet, saying, come up hither. And so John was called up to the third heaven. Now, when you look back and you look at the similarities between chapter 4, verse 1, and previous rapture passages, notice this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, 
and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Notice, the trumpet shall sound. What do we see in chapter 4, verse 1? A trumpet is sounding, a, a voice saying, as a trumpet that is talking to me. Notice 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, down through verse 18. Uh, this, is a, this is a tremendous passage about the rapture of the church. Uh, Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. In other words, those that already died in the Lord, uh, the Bible talks about absent from the body, be present with the Lord. So the ones that have died, uh, when my father went home to be with the Lord, uh, he went into the presence of God to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And at that time, the rapture of the church, he will bring those who have died in Christ back with him. Notice what the next verse. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. In other words, those who have died in Christ, those who have gone to their rest. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is a talk, talking at the end of the church age that the church is going to be called up into heaven and the trumpet's going to sound and we're going to go to be with Christ in heaven and we will escape the wrath that is to come. We will escape the great terrible day of the Lord, the day of God's judgment, those seven years of tribulation. So I believe that the church will be raptured before the seven years of tribulation. I know others who hold a different viewpoint. That's fine if that's the viewpoint they want to hold. But I believe the scriptures uh, speaks of the fact that the church will be uh, it will escape the wrath to come, will escape the judgment to come, that we'll be called up together. We look at Revelation, how it's broken down. Revelation 1, 2, 3, church age. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, rapture of the church. From chapter 4 on, we see the beginning, the tribulation period, Revelation 19, the return of Christ. Then we have the great white throne judgment. Now, what do we see in this? Well, you see the command to come up hither. You see the command of the trumpet sounding, a door opened in heaven. Now, from this point, Revelation chapter 4, all the way to Revelation chapter 19, you don't see the church mentioned again as being upon the earth. You, you hear about what's happening in heaven, but not what is happening on earth. Now, from Revelation 4 all the way to Revelation chapter 19, you need to read and study and see what's happening in heaven, what's happening on the earth. Churches in heaven with the Lord. Now, notice this. There's a command, come up hither. The church is removed from the raft uh, of the Lord that he's going to pour out his judgment on this wicked, sinful world. And we know that. Now, the Holy Spirit, uh, look at, well, let's go and let's read Revelation 4, 1 through 11. After this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven and the voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, 
come up here there, and I will show you the things which must be hereafter. So he's going to show what's going to happen after the church age. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat upon the throne. The one that sits upon the throne is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great I am. He sits upon the throne. Notice, and he that's he that sat was to look upon like a jasper sword and stone. There was a rainbow round about the throne and the sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now the crown of gold there was the victor's crown. They had won the victory. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, voices, and there were seven lamps a fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass likened to crystal. In the midst of the throne, round about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. The third beast had the face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come, the eternal aspect of the Lord. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, and the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, and they worshiped him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive the glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they were created. So they said, The Lord, you are the creator. You created all things, and you created it for your pleasure. So we see chapter 4 is showing what is happening in heaven, that God sits upon the throne, the throne of glory. Notice that, verse 2 through verse 3, that, that the Lord is upon the throne of glory, that Paul was called up to the third heaven in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 2. We see John in Revelation called up to the third heaven. Now, what's the third heaven? Well, the first heaven is the atmosphere. The second heaven are the stars. The third heaven is the abode of God. And so it is the abode of God, as we see as it's mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 2. So we see the throne. We see the one who sits on the throne is the Lord himself. You can look at another passage uh, describing the Lord in Ezekiel chapter 12, excuse me, chapter 28, verse 17 down through verse 21. Talks about the throne of God. Um, then it goes on down and it talks about the, stone, the stones shall be the names of the children of Israel, 12, 12 of the sons of the 12 tribes. Uh, above the throne, a rainbow, a like emerald, complete circle around the throne of God. And we can see that, the, th the rainbow there. Around the throne, verse 4, were four and 20 elders. Now, the question is, who were these four and 20 elders? Now, we know that... Uh, as we see in the scripture, look at Revelation 5, 8. When he had taken the book, the four beasts, the four and 20 elders fell down before the Lord, having every one of them harps, 
golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, the four and twenty elders, uh, they represent the church. Now, notice they have crowns on them. Now, there's two Greek words for crown, Stephanos, which is one, and diadem, which is the other. The diadem is the crown of a king. Stephanos is the crown of a victor, someone who has received a prize for winning the race. And that's the crown that these elders have, is the crown of the victor, that they won the race, you know, it talks about that uh, we are to run the race with patience, that we're to finish the race, that we are to strive for the mastery, uh, that we can receive a crown. Matter of fact, uh, in um, the scriptures, it talks about five different crowns that the Christian can earn. One is an incorruptible crown found in 1 Corinthians 9.25, a crown of rejoicing found in 1 Thessalonians 2.19 and 20, the crown of righteousness, which is found in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. The crown of life in James 1, 12, those that overcome temptation. And then the crown of glory, 1 Peter 5, verse 4. Now, the crowns that we can earn. So the, tw- the four and twenty elders, uh, they fall down before the Lord. They are the representatives of the church. Uh, so, but we see the four and the twenty elder, uh, elders there that they have the prayers of the saints. Out of the throne comes the seven spirits of God, the Holy Spirit, the seven spirits. Um, and it's interesting that when you see the throne described, it's talk about thunderings and lightnings, voices coming out of it. When we talk about the throne from the church age, we're talking about the throne of grace, the throne of mercy. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Yet now when John sees the throne, he sees the thunderings and the lightnings, the voices coming out. It's not a throne of mercy now. It is now a throne of judgment. God is going to judge the world because it has rejected him because of its its wickedness. Uh, You can see this back in the Old Testament. In Exodus 20, verse 18, And all the people saw the thunderings and lightnings and the noise of the trumpet, the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. Uh, It was to show that God sits upon the throne and that judgment has come. And so we see that the throne there. We go off the sea of glass. We, and then we see uh, around the throne, verse 6 down through not, verse 9, uh, the four beasts that are there, there, one like a lion, one like a calf, uh, one like a man, and one like an eagle. And they fly around the throne. They all have six wings, and they cry, Holy, holy, holy. Uh, we see this also in Ezekiel uh, chapter 1. You can see uh, chapter 1, verse 4. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and the brightness was about it. And out of the midst, a color of amber out of the midst of the fire. Also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. And their appearance, they had the likeness of a man, and everyone had four faces. Everyone had four wings. 
Um, and it talks about uh, the signs and everything. You can go ahead and read that, see that. You can also see in Isaiah, the seraphims have six wings. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. And they cried, holy, holy, holy. Uh, and so these are the seraphims, the angels around the throne of God, proclaiming the holiness of God. And then we see verse 10 through verse 11, that the four elders fall down before the throne. They worship the Lord, and they said, You are worthy to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things and by thy pleasure, all things were created by him and for him. So what do we see? We see them worshiping. So what is the lesson in Revelation chapter 4? Well, I think there's several lessons. Number one, the church age is going to end with the rapture of the church. That's the very next thing on the uh, prophetic calendar of God is the rapture of of the church, and that can happen at any moment, at any time. And we are closer to the rapture of the church than we have ever been before. And we need to see that. You need to be ready. You need to be prepared um, to meet the Lord. Uh, you don't know when the Lord's coming back, and you don't know when your life's going to end. Nobody's promised tomorrow. You need to be ready to meet the Lord today. And the way that we meet God today is by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, placing our faith and trust in Him, accepting the gift that He has given us of eternal life that He purchased on the cross of Calvary. His blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. He died to take our place. And so we're ready to meet the Lord when we have accepted in Christ as Lord and Savior, when we have a personal relationship with the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see we need to be ready for the rapture of the church. Secondly, we need to see that when we go to heaven, in heaven, what we're going to be doing is worshiping the Lord. We're going to be praising Him because He is the one that is worthy of honor and glory and praise. And then in Revelation chapter 4, we also see that there comes a time when the grace and the mercy of the Lord ends and the judgment of the Lord begins. Nobody likes to talk about judgment. Nobody likes to speak about judgment. But I want you to understand that judgment is coming. The Bible says that there's coming after this, that there comes the judgment that after we die, we will all stand before God and we will give an account. There will be a judgment. And because this world has rejected him, God's going to judge it. And he's going to judge them for their wickedness. And so we're going to look at the next, what happens when God pours out his judgment on this world, when we start looking into the rest of Revelation. And we're going to see that great tribulation period when God judges the world because of this wickedness and his sin. Now, whose fault is it? It's man's fault. Why? Because man has rejected Christ. God has given them an opportunity, an opportunity to come to him, yet they reject it. You go back in Genesis and you study about the flood when God judged the world because of his sin the first time because of the flood, what do you see? That it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. 
and he was a preacher of righteousness. And God gave them 120 years to repent, yet they did not. So what do we need to do today? We need to repent of our sins and we need to turn to Christ because that day of judgment is coming. Not because I said it, but because God said it. Because the Lord said, this is what's going to happen. He will judge sin. So we must repent of it. We must turn from it. And we need to turn to the Lord. And I believe that as we see, and whenever we look in the Word of God, when we understand the day of the Lord is coming, that it ought to prompt us to live holy lives before the Lord. So that at a moment's notice, we are ready to meet him. So the question today is this. If Christ came back today, are you ready to meet him? Let's be found waiting. Let's be found ready to see our Savior. I hope you have a great day.